It's another beautiful Sunday afternoon. This is Robin Mines. Welcome. My name is Ebuka Obiuchi. And thanks a lot for joining us on another beautiful Sunday. Um, yes, I'd like to start this, uh, the show this way every Sunday because I think we all need reminding of the fact that um, uh, COVID-19 is still very real out there. The death toll continues to climb. We still don't have a clear picture of what the vaccines will look like with the Nigerian situation. So I think it's only fair that all of us do our part wear your mask, socially distance, stay at home if you don't have to go anywhere. We need to stay alive for some sad reason now. A lot of people seem to know somebody or somebody who knows somebody who has died from this disease. It's getting closer and closer home for a lot of people and I think um, we should be a little more responsible and hopefully we can beat this in the long run. We're going to be starting the show today talking about entertainment, the music business and um, you know weathering the, <laughs> the coronavirus and lockdowns and how the new normal uh, will be looking like for the industry in 2021. I'm joined here now by Godwin Tom, who's a music executive. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, sir. Um, you have been in this industry for quite a while. Have you seen anything like this? With no, I don't think... seen in the last year? I don't think anyone has seen. <laughs> Maybe if, unless you were alive in the, in the 1918. <laughs> in 1918. Uh, but I don't think any of us have seen yeah. anything like this yeah. since. For the, so for those of, for those in the music industry, the artists and all of that, a lot of people have been trying to pivot a little. We saw a, little, a lot of albums come out last year because people had a lot of downtime and spent time in, at home or in studios. So they were, there was like an album every other day. Um, but for music execs like you, who are used to running careers, what has been different, you know, lo looking at how you run the business now? Well, for most <clears throat> music managers... Yeah you don't earn a lot of money from royalties. Yeah. So when music is released, you're not particularly making money. You're making money from business that's generated. So a lot of us have had to look inside to figure out new ways to not just generate money for our clients, but also to generate money for, for ourselves. Yeah. I became an author. Um, I sort of accelerated my training program. So obviously, because I couldn't do physical events, it was online and the memberships exploded. So... Um, we've had to find new ways to, to generate revenue. For artists, you're looking at, okay, what are the new norms? And, you know, you're doing live events now. You're live online events. Online, live <laughs> online events. You're figuring new ways to, to identify who your real fans are, uh, collecting their data and finding ways to engage them. So to it's changing, yeah. So it's changing. Now direct marketing is to sell yeah. directly. It's no longer hoping that they'll stream, but actually sell. Because a lot of those streaming services give out their services for free. Yeah. yeah. So in a place like Nigeria, where we know that um, there's conversations about the fact that data is still not particularly reachable for yeah. the masses, um, it must be harder here, isn't it? It is. It is yeah. harder. It is harder. And that's why I said you find your... You identify out of my one million followers on social media, yeah. or whatever you have, do I have 2,000? That will give me 20,000 every, every year. And, you know, that's, <laughs> this is the time when you start looking deep yeah. Into that, into the followers. Yeah. Let's go to Folus Thomas, who's joining us online. Uh, Folus, thanks for joining us. Um, I want to talk about, you know, you are a media personality. You've, you see things from a different perspective, of course, from Godwin. Um, how different have things been, especially with your interaction with musicians, and particularly what do you see being different in 2021? Hi, everyone. I, I think this is really a time for people to lean on their multiple skill sets. Um, what, what I've noticed is that um, 
the regular streams of income or the things that people were used to happening, especially with musicians, where it's um, live shows and performances, obviously that's completely out the window. Um, and it's an unprecedented time um, in human history. But what has definitely stuck out to me is people who have those multiple skill sets, people who've not been afraid to be a, a jack of many trades um, are kind of doing a little bit better in this in this um, new normal, as is what we're calling it. So um, looking at musicians, I think also a little bit like what Godwin is doing in terms of diversifying, looking a little bit more at whether it's a book deal, whether it's, um, you know, courses, whatever it is, people who already had started moving in those different directions are finding ways to pivot. And that's what moments like this in history do. They present very challenging opportunities, but opportunities nonetheless to see where else and in what other direction you can grow. And it's very interesting seeing the musicians that are finding a way to, to continue through this period, but it's definitely quite different and definitely very challenging for everybody. Yeah, definitely challenging. And I, I, I wonder, because 2021... Oh, sorry, 2020 came as a shock or a rude shock to a lot of people. I was recently reading, um, I buy this magazine, The Economist, every year where they give an outlook of the year, the world, what to expect in 2020, and <laughs> nothing, even from The Economist, prepared them for what happened last year. Um, 2021 is a little different. We're more aware now. Do you think the artists are really prepared for what's happening or what's to come this year? Or is there even a way to plan for this? I think if there's anything that 2020 showed us is that, you know, you can plan as much as you like, but what's going to happen is going to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, where 2021 will test people is to see who's been paying attention to the lessons that came out of 2020. As you said, yes, 2020 at the beginning of it was a bit of a shock, but let's not forget that this is a virus. And if we look at the history of the world and we're talking about COVID-19 pandemic or COVID-19, 2021 and, and beyond, it's going to be here for a bit of time before the vaccines can sort of circulate and go out. So people, if they haven't started learning from last year and saying, OK, maybe some of this crazy long term planning doesn't really work. But looking a little bit more short term, what's working? What are people looking for? As much as Internet access is challenging for us. Um, over here on, on the continent and maybe specifically in Nigeria, looking at power and a number of these other issues, it is there. And people are spending more time online. They're spending more time viewing. There is definitely a demand for content. Um, content viewing at home is a big thing. So it's just really watching and seeing whether people are learning. Yeah. This is lesson time. So pay attention <laughs> to the lessons apply. It's really as complex and as simple as that. All right, I'll come back to you, Fudu. Let me, let me come back to Godwin now. So, sort of same question. I don't know. Is there a way to prepare differently for 2021? Because, like I said, 2020 was, nobody saw it coming. Or do you agree with her that there's really no point planning? Because at this yeah, point, we'll just I, I think, take things as they come. I think one way I would see it is, um, even though 2020 was unexpected, you don't, you don't prepare for war during the war. Yeah. You know, so you prepare before. Anything could happen. Um, and I don't think a lot of people prepared themselves at all for anything last year. Um, a lot of businesses spent as much as they earned, uh, including mine, you know, making a lot of investments. Uh, this, this time you're a lot more careful about uh, where your investments are going. You're a little more cautious. You know, you know in investment you have your massive risks you take. Less people are going to take yeah. <laughs> a lot of risks. <laughs> so, you know, you look at those things and you're like, you, because you can't stop finding opportunities, you can't stop working. So none of that should stop. The only yeah. difference, now you need to be more clearer. Brands are going to be a lot more um, 
deliberate deliberate about what they want from artists which would then force the industry to also become a lot more creative yeah. in how they're approaching brands and so if we're able to crack solutions as an industry we should be demanding for more because if i can help you hit the bullseye yeah then you'd rather work with me than pay 10 people to swing in the dark yeah i want to talk about record labels because yeah. even before covid hit there was already conversations about the fact that record labels especially in nigeria might not be that relevant anymore conversations that even started somewhat in america when people like chance the rapper did it all on his own and was becoming successful had become successful in nigeria you have that conversation had been bubbling what do record labels really do for yeah. you um they invest so much and there's always this record label artist battle that ends up happening. Yeah. You know, now with COVID, you've had record labels who have invested so much, they've spent over a year now, nothing much in return. Um, do you think that's dying? No. I think that there's a massive misconception when people talk about record labels. Chance the Rapper and a few other people, in most cases, are exceptions. Uh, if you check the actual people who are succeeding and making a ton of money, they're all under record labels. Record labels give you that cushion. Um, everybody wants to become a record label owner until they know how much it costs to run a label. And I think even with artists who say they want to become record label owners, they don't consider a lot of costs that they themselves incur. Um, and you know, you, if you find it when you leave, then all of a sudden that DSTV monthly subscription <laughs> becomes a bit of a challenge for you. Yeah. That regular expense on taxis and all of that and people don't see those things so it's expensive the record labels give you that cushion to focus on your music while they provide the resources yeah. to do that so i don't think that they're going to go out of fashion plus record labels in, nigeria, that exist. in nigeria yes if you look at the most successful artists they had a system behind them when they, at least when they were launching. when they were when they were launching right everybody had a system behind well ton of them, most of them, had a system behind them, and that system was what helped them grow, gave them the free field to play and be successful, and had people taking, taking shots on their behalf yeah. behind them. So um, I think it does work. The, the only thing we need to do is educate people a lot more on how we can succeed, yeah. right? Because there's too much emphasis on the artist as opposed to building a system. Yeah. So if we focus more on building a system, then you can pass multiple artists through that system. Yeah. Fodo, let me come to you. And I, I want to talk about, you know, the, the returns uh, conversation, which, of course, we've touched on with regards to record labels. And, you know, I think we had a, we've had two female artists signed on recently to, I think, Davido and, of course, uh, Mavens as well have signed on two female artists. There's always a conversation of, you know, can the artist always completely pay back? And at a time like this, when businesses are struggling, especially music businesses, um, do you agree that that uh, it might be a dying uh, format or formula? I don't know that it's a dying formula. I, I think Godwin touched on something very important, but I'll, I'll, I'll sort of paraphrase it. What's the, the need for record labels is a need for structure, which most artists don't have. Most artists um, or raw talent, let me put it that way. And, and it's just word of fact, most raw talent, especially when you look at the age demographic within which um, a, a number of the budding artists fall into or the number of the superstars that we have at the moment, that discipline of structure is not there, which is why they also struggle when they move on to, oh, I want to form my own label, I want to form my own label. Being Oga is tough. It's a lot of work. 
Um, and that's where the record label structures are important. That's where they're useful. It's always nice to see signings of, of female artists and female producers. I know it's happening across a number of the labels. Um, even Aristocrat, I think, signed a female producer recently. Um, being biased and female, I would say that, that women tend to, whether they like it or not, have drilled into them the importance of a certain level of organization and structure. So that maybe could work in, in, their, in their favor. But going forward, Indie does work. It just requires, just like entrepreneurship, a very determined individual, a very specific mindset and the willingness to, to put in those long, um, awkward, you know, unglamorous hours and to do the dirty work. And unfortunately, because of the context of the society that we're in, realistically, as well as what we glamorize here, um, artists are usually not willing to do that. Um, so the place of the record label is present. And it's not even just here, to be honest, it's a global issue. Yeah. But you see quite a lot. Um, what time are they getting up? What time are they getting to the studio? What time are they getting to work? Is there any set structure? And labels in a lot of ways can help with that structure. But yeah. also sometimes they don't. I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think record labels are important, but I just wonder why. I mean, Nigeria just seems to always be a peculiar situation. But I want to take the conversation a little away from just strictly music, and I'm going to come to you with the same question, but you first, Folu. Um, what parts of the creative industry or entertainment as a whole are you excited about for 2021, considering all of the factors we have in play um, ahead of us. I mean, a lot of the comedians pivoted to strictly online skits and all of that last year. We had Basket Mouth, you know, launch a YouTube show. You know, there's people are doing different things, but are there parts of the industry you think will thrive really well this year? And why? Um, I, think, I, I think that the creative industry is going to thrive as a whole. It's just those, as I mentioned before, who have been willing to explore all these talents. You know, as, as a creative or someone who and who has creative um, endeavors, um, coming into it, people will try and force you in one direction, one path. What are you? Are you on radio? Are you on TV? Are you a comedian? Are you a singer? Are you a this? What we're now seeing because of the way the world is evolving, because of the way tech has enabled um, young entrepreneurial minded individuals to, to leverage on their skill sets. There is so much scope for growth that it is really exciting. Um, the enabling environments cannot be overlooked. And we know that outside of the pandemic, Nigeria went through an incredibly um, challenging and emotionally turbulent time towards the end of the year, um, last year in 2020. So how it affected the spirit of young people and and their willingness to to push in certain directions here at home, that's something to be debated. But I think overall, content creation, anyone who's creating content and is looking at different avenues of monetizing is going to do well. Maybe specifically um, also looking at audio content, um, looking at podcasters. There's so many young, opinionated, interesting individuals that did phenomenal things at the end of last year and are coming more into the limelight this year. So we're going to see a lot more um, creative thought flowing that way and people monetizing content in that direction. So that's what I'm excited to see, um, yeah. how much more power can kind of you know, leave media houses and kind of go into, into the creative individuals. That would be <laughs> cool. And how media houses can harness that as well. Very, very interesting because uh, coming to you, Godwin, uh, we, talking about that, I mean, streaming platforms, not music now, uh, yeah. seem to be, have, they've 
blew up last year. The Netflixes and Showmaxes yeah. and all of that, you know, there seems to be a bit of a power shift now to a lot of those, you know, platforms where you don't need to go to a cinema anymore. So it's things like that. What yeah. are you expecting 2021 to bring uh, for the industry as a whole, you think? <clears throat> I think it's 2020 has forced us to th really think. And so in 21, everybody would be looking at new ways, new ideas, uh, new processes. A few more tech companies are going to come up uh, because I feel like a lot of the tech companies that have the resources to build solutions will build some solutions targeted towards the entertainment industry. So we would have a lot more live event platforms, online live event platforms. We're going to have a few more uh, streaming platforms pop up this year. Um, I already know three conversations coming up for people trying to set those up for Africa. Um, but we're also going to have a boost in interest because a lot of the jobs that require physical presence are being removed. You have platforms that people can actually talk to a doctor online, pay a particular subscription. All these things are coming up and it will be the same. So I'm actually interested in seeing those things because, as she said, it decentralizes yeah. the power. And it gives it to smaller individuals where they can then say, okay, I have this tool. I can reach 100 people, yeah. 300 people. And maybe 1,000 people reaching, 300 people each is, is a lot. What's going to happen to concerts? Um, I mean, I, I miss think, concerts. <laughs> I think it'll come back. Um, I think corona is not going to be here forever. I don't think the, the virus is going to be here forever. I think it'll come back. And when it does, there will be a massive explosion. However, um, pending that time, <laughs> you know, people need to prepare. And as, as I said, build your audience. I think right now the focus for every creative person is to build their audience. So by the time you start having those physical events pop up, you're able to drive your audience to those events as yeah. opposed to then trying to start talking to them then. Yeah, because I mean, a lot of artists have struggled in yeah. the last year. And I know people who have said, I mean, I haven't worked since March. Yeah, but as I said, it's because, yeah. you know, when you when you you don't plan during the war, you know? So a lot of people are suffering because things that they should have done prior to the pandemic weren't done. So when the pandemic came, they didn't have anyone to talk to. I know people who have 500,000 followers but can't get 1,000 to, to attend something or tune into something. So it's, you know, those are the bigger issues yeah. for, the, for the businesses and the artists. Well, thank you very much, Godwin. Thank, thank you very you. much. Follow Storms for joining us. Looking forward to a great year. I mean, I always say, and I really hold on to that, nothing can be worse than last year. <laughs> so I just want to hold on to that and believe that it will be better. It just has to be, fingers crossed. I don't want to jinx anything. <laughs> we'll take a break now. I'll be right back. Please don't go away. <laughs> All right, welcome back now. It's time for us to switch up the conversation and talk with a legend. Even though I know she doesn't like to take that title, uh, but she definitely is a pioneer by so many standards and levels. Uh, Where MC is here with me. I'm sure you know who that is. How are you doing? I'm good. It's so good to see you. <laughs> Same, same. Good where, afternoon. Where did you go? Happy New what happened? <laughs> Happy New Year's. I'm just... Where, where have you been? I've been hibernating in a manner of speaking. You know, um, I just wanted to take that time off. And um, it also sort of like took me to, to another realm as well. 
Yeah. You, know, you left the country? Yeah, I left the country. Okay. I think I wanted some... When was this? This is like, it's almost like four years now. Yeah. I just wanted some sanity. I wanted, I just wanted to just chill for a while, um, kick back, um, figure out what's next, where do I go from here? Um, I, I had a very, very good run, but I wanted to now take it a notch further, but I was still like um, undecided where exactly do I go yeah. from here? You know, I wanted to like um, do much more. I was like, was diversify, yeah. you know, not just get limited. I've always said that I'm someone that you cannot put in a box. You know, anything can happen. At any, I, I, I liken my brand to a box of chocolates, to a coat of many colors. Um, you never know what to expect, what to expect. Yeah. So I just wanted that time off. And I think it's, it's time. To yeah. come out, come out. Because I was like, oh, is she cocoon. bored with music? It's just like, <laughs> this is not fun. Because it never, happens to people yeah, where you yes. love something so much, you've done, you feel like you've done everything, there's really no challenges left. Mm. So I thought that was one, one of the reasons. I also mm. thought, okay, are there too many artists? And she's wondering, hmm, how do I fit in now to this space? Did no. that ever cross your mind? No. Because industry is so different from when you started. Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. You would always, Ibuka is Ibuka, Shola, where MC is where yeah. MC. You would always stand out, no matter what. You always stand out. You have your, your giftings are unique to you. Do you understand? And there was a personal thing as well. You know, as you know, Nomolos passed. Yes. And that hit me really, really hard. So I think I was at a very, very dark place as well in my life. Yeah. I just wanted that time off, you know, just to chill. And um, I found Jesus as well. Oh, great. <laughs> My faith, you know, so, but I, I think that I'm a point, I'm at a point now where I know that, okay, it's time, it's time to come out of hibernation. I, yeah. I can feel it. You can sense it. It's called discernment. You can feel it. I came home. I've been home for like two, three weeks and I know what the streets are saying from feedback, you know, feedback on the streets, feedback on Instagram. And it's amazing that this is such a brilliant time because this forces you now to really go within because times have changed. Completely. Now with COVID, <laughs> everything, you know, you can't just go out there anymore to, to, to say you want to do events, you want to do a concert. So it, it's, it's just amazing. Like, I have, I have this experimental appearance on the 28th of January. We're doing this um, loud and proud event called Femme Fatale with other female artists. So I want to see how that goes, you know. But yeah. I think that's the future. I've always said to people, that's the future. It's, it's, it's automation, it's technology. Yeah. We have to um, embrace it. This is a time that gives you that opportunity. This is when you would really know, you know, who is the real, you know, creator or not. But I love it because it forces you to be creative. It, it challenges you. It, it, you just have to reach within and, yeah. and come with the goods. So, I mean, you came back. Are you back to music? I like that word. Because, I mean, back? you said you're, you're back you're around <laughs> two weeks and, you know, you were hibernating. Mm -hmm. Are you just mm -hmm. back to visit? Are you back to do music? You also say you found Jesus. Are you back to do gospel music? Are you still rapping? What, is, what does back mean? I'm, I'm an artist. And, and in the same vein, I'm, I will, I'm now a minister of the word as well. No matter what I do now, the heart of the Father, the heart of Jesus will always be present in what I do. Yeah. But that does not stop me from being who I am. When I hit that stage or hit wherever you put me on, you will still see that good old, you know, dish or I wear MC, mad energy. You know, yeah. That gifting will Whatever always be there. Is. Do you understand? That doesn't stop me, you know, being who I am. And 
Something that I've been dabbling in recently as well is I no longer want to limit myself to music alone. I'm experimenting with other things. And it's really funny, my first love has always been movies. So, oh, wow. I'm, you know, I'm writing scripts, I'm doing stuff. I appeared in, um, in a short movie in, um, in, in England last year, um, something that they put together for, and it, it was like an intellectual project, you know. And I, I'm talking to a few brands right now as well. Um, um, by the special grace of God, there's equity in that name, you know, Weird MC. And like I said, I'm prepared. I'm just pushing forward. I'm pushing forward. I'm I want to engage this, people. I'm interested in this, you know, calling you're talking about. Mm. Are you a pastor? Are you? Oh, no, no, no. What does no. this calling mean? <laughs> Not a pastor. We all have a calling in our lives. Okay. You know, we, um, you're doing what you're doing right now, but it's leading you to a place of purpose. Okay. You, might not, you might not pick up on it right now. We might not pick up. We might not pick up on it at a at a, at a particular point in time, but with time, it, it just unravels itself. You will know. Hmm, okay, there's more to this. It's not just about me being on TV, or this. It's not just about me going on What's stage or doing music or writing songs or being in the movies. There's yeah. much more to it now. Most people don't associate hip hop with this calling. Mm. Per se, when you're talking about church mm. and Jesus. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So how does that? How's that going to work for you? Thank you very much. Hip hop is um. Is a culture. Hip hop yes. is um is an art form. Somebody who is filled with the spirit of God is now spitting lyrics, but with a divine influence. Mm -hmm. So hip hop now becomes a platform to draw in the souls. It it's it, music is a gift from God, anyways. We you know we're talking right now. Talking relationship is a gift from God, anyways. Do you understand? It would always these things are things that you know exist within our space yeah. every time. It's just the way you look at it. Fair enough. It's a tool. Yeah. Music is a tool. Whatever we're given, they're tools. Yeah. When did you get into the industry? Ah, oh, man, it's been, it's been forever. 90... My, my very first um, B-side single, uh, Wanna Make You Jack, was, we dropped in 1991. Yeah. 1991, Island Avenue, 95, 97, Ijoya, Reno. That's a long time. We're talking 27, 28, 29 years. So I've had the blessing to span over <laughs> years, decades. Yeah. Yes. I mean, at the time, people would like to say, oh, music was purer back then. Mm. Now there's a lot more money in it, mm -hmm, you mm -hmm, know. Mm -hmm. What's your thoughts on where we are now musically as an industry? I think there are people who are putting out pure music as well. I love I loved what Timmy Dakolo does. Dekone Gold, Simi, Mature Music. The lyrics are clean. They're 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 um they're air friendly, um, children friendly. Of course, we have you know stuff as well that's on the other side of the divide. That's not to say that that's not to say that those kind of artists that what they do is not yeah. good, but um, and what I love we, we've just we've just um we we've taken soundscapes and we experiment more now. I always told people that there was something very very special about Bonner Boy. I always told people, I was like, we're seeing this thing. I said, watch, watch this space. This guy is going to shock everybody. And that's what's happening right now. You can see the evolution of um, Whiskey. You can see what's happening to David O, Simi, Tiwa Savage. It's, it's, for me, it's just awesome, yeah. you know, to look at. And yeah. there's so much more that I truly believe that's going to happen in this year, 2021. Yeah. Do you understand? I mean, you turned 50 recently? I don't know. I don't know where they got that from. <laughs> is it a lie? I saw it. <laughs> so was it wrong? I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been honest, be serious. <laughs> I saw My it. My point is, okay, I mean, you've been in the industry this long. Yeah. There's, 
the industry, especially in Nigeria, is mm. associated with a lot of energy. Mm, mm. You know, you have, we say this bangam dim dim, you know, all of this music that, you know, Afro beats or whatever Afro it's beats. called. Mm. Do you worry about age being a factor with you coming back to an industry that is sort of high tempo these days? I think that your gifting is your gifting. Yeah. You're not supposed to be worried about. You have what you have. The Yorubas, there's, there's something that people say in my Yoruba language. You know, you have what you have, you have what you have. And yeah. there's space for everyone. You do you, I do me. Yep. Sincerely. And we even collaborate. So we complement one another. For me, I've always said it, age is a number. Just focus on your craft. Yeah. Get better. You know, dig down deep inside. You know, experiment, innovate. You know, do some other things. I'm, I'm working on a book. I want to tell my story. People have been saying to me, oh, you've got to do a book. You know, you've had an amazing, you know, journey so far. We would like to read, you know, how did you get from point A to point B? What were your challenges? What are your wins? Mm -hmm. You know, how did you overcome, you know, s stuff like that? So just keep, just keep digging into the kitty and you remain, you remain. And there's one thing that's really, really important for me as well. Just be, um, be as authentic as you can be. People will always be drawn to who you are. You do not need to, you don't, you do not need to try and fit in. You, you, you created like, like that lane, that path. So people will always be drawn to you. Yeah. That's how I see it. Do you think you get enough credit for, and I know you're a very modest and humble person, but I, only, I want you to answer this with all sense of honesty. Mm -hmm. Do you think you get enough credit for pioneering you know, I mean, you, when, like you said here, even, you don't, you don't get put in a box. We're seeing women doing what you do now. Yeah. There's Tenny, for example, yeah. oh, people who are I expressing themselves, yes. not caring to conform. Yes. yes. Do you think you get enough credit for that, for mm. starting that sort of leading the way and opening that door for people? I don't. I yeah. don't. But that season, I, I just believe that season will come. Just, just keep doing what you do. Yeah. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do what you do because you want someone to say this or say that about you. Yeah. Just, keep doing, just keep doing what you do. And there are, people that, there are people that walk up to me on the streets and show me that love. Do you understand? But everything is with time. Yeah. Were you, were you, was it hard to do that back when you were doing oh, it? Oh, very hard, Ebuka. Extremely. Oh, like my goodness. What sort of things did you encounter? Oh, my goodness. Oh, sit down there, be in the background. Because we're used to, you know, you being familiar in the business and just being a background vocalist and blah, blah, blah. And it was different. I, here I am, all shaving, no hair. This girl is with her Timberland boots, you know, Alan Avenue. <laughs> rapping. sitting on top of the bottom of a car, you know, outside the box kind of girl, mad energy on stage. It drove people crazy, and yeah. I loved it. <laughs> I, honestly, I, it was actually fun for me. Yeah. And, but I had already made up my mind, I was not going to be denied. Yeah. So Alan Avenue, wanna make it jack, then boom, Ijoya. So yeah. people had no choice. So you said you're going to be doing other things besides music. Yeah. Acting, you said? Acting, I'm writing a script. I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna <laughs> give too much away. Um, and I and I'm like investing in, in other things as well. Yeah. And I'm I sincerely, sincerely want to like put someone out there, maybe maybe a group, you know, a okay. couple of artists as well and stuff like that. And I've always been somebody who really, really likes to work in the background as well. I've always paid attention to, you know, to the business side of things, to the music business itself. It's not just about me going out there to perform. I've always kept an eye, you know, stuff that yeah. goes on behind the scenes, you know, publishing, stuff like that. 
I would love to have, you know, seminars, one-on-one sessions of upcoming artists, you know, show them the ropes, talk to them. This is what you do. This is how you do, you know, royalties and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yes. But you're still going to be singing. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm a performer, you know, true yeah. and true, honestly. So, you know, I ask that because you've, you've, money is always a conversation when yeah. you're talking about mm, music mm, in Nigeria, mm. anywhere in the world anyways. But of with course. Nigeria, you know, the money conversation always comes up. And, you know, we've seen a lot of artists here, especially from your generation, mm. who at some point move away. Yeah. I mean, there's conversations about, you know, finding people as Uber drivers in the U.S. or people who were big time stars here, you know, they mm. move abroad and just mm. start in 9 to 5 or whatever it mm. is. And you wonder, these people were hit makers... What happened to royalties? All of those conversations. People probably thought that was what was going on with you, but it's nice to see that, no, you just took some time off and you're back again. You know, this royalties conversation of making money and earning a good living, you know, as a creative, as an artist, how do we crack it? What do we do to, you know, have a more sustainable conversation around that? I feel like we all have to, like, have a major sit-down. I had this conversation with Ubi Franklin, you know, yeah. a couple of months ago. And um, we've gotten to that point where we have to just monetize everything we do. And then we also start, not, apart from that, we also have to educate people. Some people might think, oh, why should I give you a royalty because I'm playing your music maybe at my bar or my club? This is why. This is what we do for a living. Yeah. A royalty will not be a bad thing to do. You know, you've got all these t-shirts, you've got my face on your t-shirts and you're selling those t-shirts on the streets. Oh, you don't go buy a t-shirt, wear MC Joya. You've got my face on it. That's my face. I'm entitled to a percentage of that. If you see why, we can have a conversation. Do you understand? I feel like it starts with educating. Yeah. You have to educate first. Some people don't understand why they have to pay for certain things. Draw them close. Have a conversation with them. This is a business. I cannot just waltz into your, maybe your, your practice and expect that you, you treat me for free, for free. You're a doctor. Yeah. You expect me to give, you, to give you some money for taking care of me. It's the same with me. This is what I do for a living. Yeah. I go on that stage, I perform. I expect, I expect my synchronization fees, not just my performance fee, because you're going to go and use that performance in, you know, someplace else at some point in time. You're going to use it again on TV. You're probably going to merge it with a, with a brand. You've collected you know, money. I'm a talent to a percentage of that money. So I really, really feel that it starts with educating people yeah. That is so, so, so important. We need to start having these conversations. It's very important because, I mean, like the conversation I had just before you came on in the earlier segment, you know, talking about record labels and, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, business executives, these are the kinds of conversations that should be had. Yes. We've had a downtime now for a lot of creatives for yeah. about a year now. Yeah, yeah. If things like this existed where there was a buffer to say, okay, mm. I can still sort of live a comfortable life while waiting for you know, life to sort of resume. You yeah. know, these are the kind of things that, yeah. you know, and structure, we've talked about structure forever with entertainment here. Yes. And I wonder when, when it's ever going to start. I believe that it would change because the mindset of people who are now coming into the business, yeah. they have a very, very different mindset, you know, fresh people. I was, I was quite surprised with the lady that you were talking to just yeah. before I came on. So I feel like a new set of hands are starting to come into the business. It was really, really cool to see what God and Tom, you know, is doing right now. Yeah. Ubi's doing something. Uh, this guy's still out there grinding. Um, Ify, you know, Ify has always been that. He's, he's always been someone who's like really advocated yeah. for that change yes. in the industry. And by the special grace of God, I will be actively involved as well. Yeah. I, I, I even feel like it's better right now. I feel like this generation, they just... They're just having a ball, man. They're having a ball, you know, in comparison to what, yeah, we, had what, to, you guys went through. what we had to put up with. So, yeah. But the future, in my opinion, is really, really bright. Yeah. Who are That's you really excited about in the industry now? Ah, it's Tenio. 
<laughs> I love tennis so much. She's really, she's she really, interesting. I honestly I love tennis so much, and, and it's really really funny. I love her sister as well. Yeah, I like Nidiola as well. Her sister. It would be nice to see. Would you guys do something together? You and Tenny? It'll be mad. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. And um, Funky Akidele, I've loved her from day one. Okay. You know, she's someone that I still, you know. Um, yeah. So many, I, I just feel like there's so much, there's so yeah. much, so much happening right now. I can't believe that right now, Nigerian artists are signing LPD deals, yeah. with Universal Music, Sony Music, things like that. You're seeing Bernard at the Grammys, yeah. you know, it's so amazing. Things that, you know, Grammys are suddenly becoming a part of conversation. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Awesome stuff. You said Femme Fatale, when's that? Uh, that's up? on the 20th of January. 28th of January. It's yes. going to be online, I believe. It's going to be online. Okay. So I'm going to put a lot of stuff out okay. there, Instagram, the whole works. So... Anything else we need to look forward to? Coming soon? Singles, albums, movie? Yep. Singles, yes. Okay. A single, definitely. Okay. The movie, you said a short story? We're writing. Okay, you're writing. Yeah, but it's going to come out this year. We're writing, by God's grace. Is that an album this year? Or uh, a possibly a single this year. <laughs> possibly a single this year. And um, I, I was hanging out with Mama one day, uh, Jockey Jacobs. Yeah. And she was just, you know, giving me words, you know, what to do and so on and so forth. So, yeah. fingers crossed. So, looking forward to all of that. But just before we go, I mean, you know you've made a hit, mm-hmm. or you are, when I called you a legend, I wasn't joking, when you have a, so, a song that's years or sometimes decades old and it's still an anthem for people. Which Allen one? Avenue. Allen Avenue. Ijoya comes on at parties and people are still going crazy. What's your favorite song you've ever done? Before we go. What's my favorite song? You've ever done. I've ever done? Yeah. My goodness. It has to be, it's a song called Passion and Pain. Oh, okay. Passion and Pain, but... I think Idria, there's just something, and it's really funny, Ebuka. I don't see Idria as a song. Yeah. I've always said that Idria is just a gift, a gift from God. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Do you know sometimes I go on Twitter and I notice that that song gets played every day? Yeah. Every Still. day. Radio Still. Radio stations. Yeah. I'm not kidding. I'm like, what's going on? What's happening? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't That's know. That's what I say. I mean, you, you go to parties and it comes on, and yes, and people go children, crazy. mothers, everybody goes crazy. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you very much. Looking Thank forward you. to all the great things that you'll be doing in 2021. And looking at hanging out with you. <laughs> Please, let's do that. And you'll be careless of all your suits and your ogal. Ah, <laughs> Watch out for where they'll see she's back. Yes. <laughs> Thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you for having me. We'll take another quick break and come back. Please don't go away. <laughs> All right, welcome back now. Let's switch the conversation and talk about the 2021 budget. Nigeria is currently in a recession. The economy is uh, battling and trying to come out of it. this COVID uh, that has also contributed to battering our economy. I'm joined now by Director of Budget, uh, Lucian Onigbidi. Uh, thank you very much, Hino, for joining us. Um, very quickly, how are we going to come out of this? What's the recovery plan? Looking at the 2021 budget, um, are you um, optimistic that we're going to come out of this in Q1, Q2? Um, it's a big spending project, so the federal government is putting 13.58 trillion, irrespective of the fact that um, revenues are not trending forward or prices have not gone beyond um, the 50 to 60 dollar um, per barrel corridor. Um, so it's expected that this can get this can take us out of recession, but um, it's going to also very depend. It's going to pay a lot of oil pricing. If oil prices get the lift, 
and um, global trade gets another lift, and uh, that means uh, we're able to see COVID-19 slow down significantly due to um, increased vaccination. There's an opportunity that um, we can get our recession maybe Q3 2021, um, uh, but it's not something that would happen soon. But it's not just about getting out of recession. Uh, we can get our recession because maybe two sectors like banking and telecom sector come. Um, so you have to look at other sectors of the economy, agriculture, um, trade, real estate, manufacturing, are those sectors out of recession. Because those are the sectors that really affect or impact the people most. Well, that's why sometimes it looks like we are out of perception by the numbers. Um, but by the time you dig deeper into the subsectors, you see that we are still in the So it's it's not it's not an easy time and that we have found ourselves. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, one of the most overwhelming factors for all of this is COVID. And um, there's been whispers around uh, about the fact that uh, the, should we go into a second lockdown because the numbers are getting crazier, um, death rates. So it's, it's a battle between health and the economy for a lot of people. Can we afford another lockdown, you think? And if not, how do we, you know, handle it if we do? I mean, health is critical. Health is paramount. Um, so we, that's a decision that's based on the data. That's to be based on facts. Um, if we can afford or not afford another lockdown. But something that has to be clear is that Nigeria, a lockdown is going to be a challenging period. Um, Nigeria does not have a structured citizen database. So you can, so when you in the US or in the UK, when you hear things around, government is giving childcare benefits, providing support of government benefits. Our government is providing direct help uh, to people by cash transfers. You can't holistically do that in Nigeria because we don't have a solid um, citizen database um, that actually looks at socioeconomic status and things like that. And I think that's the major reason why we can't afford it. So even yeah. if there is a lockdown, people are growing from hunger, you don't even know how to pass support to them. Um, so I think that's even my major problem. Our lack of data. Um, it's comprehensive data that is referenced around income status, residence, um, even around tax payment. This is some of the reasons we have to think deeply um, yeah. as a product of this whole pandemic. Yeah, we okay. can't really afford a lockdown. So I want to talk about the budget now. And, um, you know, the one thing that this government has always touted as the one of their biggest strengths is infrastructure and their investments in infrastructure. We're seeing bridges being built, new airports and railways <laughs> being flagged off uh, in parts of the country. Looking at the 2021 budget, is the infrastructure um, uh, allocation strong enough to, you think, to, to, to have an effect? And what parts of the budget do you look at and wonder why, should, why are we spending this much uh, on where should be, where it should be channeled probably uh, differently before we go. I mean, the budget looks good, but I mean, the problem with the Nigerian budget is that it's like see we have a small bread, um, we have a really big bread and a small slice of butter, and you're trying to put a tiny slice of butter, you're putting it all over a big dough. Um, that's what we do. Our capital investment is too fragmented. I mean, the federal government does too many projects at the same time, and that's why we don't get this. That's why you find those people by 10 years. Um, the infrastructure investment looks sensible. It looks like uh, we're still doing the same thing, but most of these projects have been running for supposed to eight years. Um, but what we could do is that we could be much more tight and much more prudent and do less things and just much and, and narrow our focus so that we know that we get 10 roads built in a year, we get uh, two real projects started, and we can get that done in four years. Those are the kind of situations that we need as a country right now. Infrastructure is very critical to our economic revival. I mean. We need to invest big on infrastructure. And that's one place where uh, we can use to really excite the economy back uh, out of recession. So I believe that the budget has done well for infrastructure, but not just done well enough, because there's so many pockets of waste still around the capital investments in the budget.
Yeah. What what's, uh, effect do you think the opening of the borders will have, or the reopening of the borders? I mean, that that's good on, 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 on trade. Um, trade, one of the sectors people don't look well in the GDP calculations, trade sector. And the trade sector has been in negative, um, or negative growth for most like the last seven quarters, uh, which means that the retail trade, I mean, that's why people say there's no money flowing in the economy, just because the trade, which is mostly retail and wholesale trade, not really happening as it should be. And, and the closure of the borders are a huge impact on all, especially where you have, because we don't have infrastructure around our port system, so a lot depend on on the, on the adjoining country or the neighboring countries. We need yeah. to. So the opening of borders is that better in a better way. Um, but we are going to look at that maybe when the GDP numbers are out. But I think this is a big one. We need more policing, and we need intelligent policing around that area. I mean, every country struggles with this, but um, but we just, I mean, the U.S. we have to say we're closing, we're building a wall against Mexico <laughs> and things like that. So people, people worry around illegal immigration, uh, migration. Yeah. But it's also about being more intelligent around this and having some form of bilateral cooperation to release them illicit transaction around that area. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Anyway, I have so many more questions on tax on inflation. Uh -huh. I want to talk about borrowing because it looks like we're owing oh. everybody and everything, but unfortunately, yeah. we've, we've run out of time. Just You want to say something very quickly, one sentence? I mean, uh, we, we have to do hard things. and I mean, we have to ask hard questions. And one of those things that we can do right now is to focus strictly on investment. How do we attract domestic external investments? And how do we also um, do much more around exports? We need to yeah. grow our export. We can't Debt, we use debt to, to fight our way out of this current crisis. Yeah. We'll be running into it. Um, and, and also grow wealth. Be intentional about wealth before taxation. It's people that have money that you can actually tax them. So about growing their wealth, GDP, growing wealth, ensuring that people have money uh, or are able to support their economic activity. And that's the only way we can even get taxation. Well, thank you very much. Hopefully we'll come back and continue this conversation. Uh, and please do have a great Sunday. Thank you so much. All right. Well, like I always say, you can follow the conversation on Twitter. Robin Minds now is the handle. Please use the hashtag Robin Minds when you tweet at us. Stay safe out there, and I'll see you next Sunday.